Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's officially April, and you guys know what that means. The NFL draft is less than one month away. And with the Indianapolis Colts getting set to take their next franchise quarterback, we're going to do a deep dive into every single one of them, and it starts tonight. Welcome to the Horseshoe Huddle podcast presented by Fan Nation on SI.com. My name is Andrew Moore, and I'm joined here by Drake Wally, my fellow writer and co-host here on the Horseshoe Huddle podcast. Drake, how you doing, man? I know you've got a big move coming up, so uh, the jersey wall behind you is going to look a little bit different here by by next week. But uh, hey, man, as we were talking before the show, we're almost through with this with this draft cycle less than a month till the NFL draft. Yeah, one of the things I wanted to do is get moved before that happens so I'm not dealing with moving while dealing with stress, you know, just mere days upon uh before the NFL draft starts but yeah, moving uh, just about 20 minutes away to to a nice uh nice neighborhood but uh, absolutely I like I told you before I'm I'm exhausted mentally, I'm exhausted <laughs> emotionally, damn it. Um, and so I'm ready for the NFL draft and I'm also ready to talk about these guys individually because each one has enough for an entire episode and then more. Absolutely. And that's exactly why we're doing this because each one of these guys, we, there, we there's just so much to talk about. We want to make sure we give every single one of these guys their own episode to dive into the pros, dive into the cons. Do we think they're going to be a Colt, uh, how they would fit with the Colts? Everything like that is going to be on the docket tonight and for the next couple weeks as we dive in to these quarterback prospects. The chat is ready. We've got Sky, who is here, Logan Schmidt, 
is here. What's up, buddy? Uh, ba- uh, Basile is here. Uh, we've got Basil Qu- Faulty. Basil Faulty. See, I always get that right. Basil Faulty. J- Drake, thank you, buddy. And then, of course, the third member of this show, Stats Matt. Uh, everyone is rocking and ready to go uh, to talk about cj stroud tonight our first quarterback in this deep dive but if you haven't done so already the ticker is telling you what to do go ahead and like horseshoe huddle on facebook follow horseshoe huddle on twitter at colts on fn subscribe to horseshoe huddle on youtube and then hit that bell so you know whenever drake and i are going live to discuss these quarterbacks uh whenever destin and shot are going live april's going to be a very 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 busy month for us so you'll want to check it all out and with only one week till this special thing drops, make sure you go ahead and go pre-order the Indie Draft Guide. The 2023 edition of the Indie Draft Guide drops on Monday, April 10th. That's next Monday, one week from today, 225 prospects i think over 225 prospects with scouting reports player comps and how each one of those players would fit with the colts so the link is in the description uh the youtube description below please go ahead and hit that link and get your copy because hey man we've been working hard on that and i can tell you what it's going to be fantastic so without further ado buddy let's dive into this we're going to be talking about cj stroud tonight the quarterback out of ohio state and and i'm just going to give us give us a couple things here before we really dive into the pros and cons so cj stroud uh redshirt sophomore out of island empire california or i'm sorry inland empire california six foot three 214 pounds has been the starter at ohio state for the past two seasons uh and in his time there racked up a ton of awards a two-time first team all big 10 in 2021 and 2022 he was a two-time heisman heisman finalist uh, uh, in 2021 and 2022, second team All American 2022, third team All American 2021, two time the Graham George Big Ten Offensive Player of the Year in 2021 and 2022. And then last year, uh, what a lot of people considered a down year for CJ Stroud. Look at this 3,688 yards, 41 TDs to just six interceptions. Uh, safe to say CJ Stroud has earned the right to be called one of the best quarterbacks in this draft class. So Drake, before we dive into the pros, just give me a quick synopsis uh, of your opinion uh, of CJ Stroud as we sit here on April 3rd. Well, um, I mean, 12 interceptions, you know, over two seasons, as opposed to 85 touchdown passes is absolutely bonkers, regardless Mm -hmm. of what level, what competition. That's incredible efficiency. So efficient, um, I would say calm, composed, and I think he's ready to be an NFL pro. I I really do. I think that he's going to hit the ground running, uh, whether it's fast or a little bit, you know, at a steadier pace. He's going to hit the ground running one way or another. I think he's absolutely ready. Him and Young are pretty similar, but man, CJ Stroud, the last thing is accurate. Definitely an accurate passer, and he's going to show it, I think, in his rookie year more than some people might think. 
Yeah, I mean, if you're, when you're looking at C.J. Stroud, you're looking at a day one starter in the NFL, um, and and there's there's really no way he gets out of the top five in this NFL draft. Uh, they, he, the talent is oozing from this kid. Uh, we saw a lot of what he could do in college. Uh, there were some things that I definitely think he needs to work on, uh, but but I mean, you look at C.J. Stroud, and I think you look you're looking at a at a, at, at the very minimum a very quality franchise quarterback for for your team so so drake let's get into the pros you kind of talked about his accuracy and we can start out with that one uh i mean you're, you're looking at cj stroud and he's probably one of uh if not the most accurate quarterback in this class right up there with with bryce young uh you you look at you turn on the tape and and i, I love what cj stroud at the combine he called himself an uh, uh someone that is uh a uh, a ball placement specialist is, I think, how he termed it. He he doesn't want his receivers to have to work for the ball. He, as a quarterback, feels like it's his job to be able to put the ball either in a position where only his wide receiver can catch that football or uh, he needs to put it into a, in a position where where the wide receiver doesn't have to work for that ball and can, can you continue upfield to get yards after the catch. Well, and that's going to be, you know, we were kind of talking about how it applies to the Colts, you know, and, and so that is something that they did not have is they did not have ball placement on the dot. There were times where Matt Ryan, you know, showed that, you know, incredible accuracy that he once had. But CJ Stroud is going to hit the ground running again. I think even even his first game, he's going to come out and he's going to be able to put the ball right on the money. And hypothetically, if he is a Colt, again, that's just something that they missed. And with guys that are downfield threats. Um, and Paris Campbell, who at the time was the slot receiver, you know, a lot of those incompletions, a lot of those drops, they were kind of bad balls or a lot of pressure coming. And and there was just times where Ryan Foles and Ellinger would just fold. And so I think that that's going to be something hypothetically, of course, if the Colts get him, that would be huge for them is accurate passing. Right. And, and, and here's something that that I think I think as well. And, and you and I both saw it live at, at the combine, um, just just ha- just as mechanics and how every throw just looks so effortless. You and I talked about this when when we were watching him, where it doesn't matter what type of throw it is. His his throwing motion just looks solid. It doesn't look like he's trying to force everything. He looks like he's a very natural thrower of the football. Uh, and and but we'll get into kind of some of some of the cons about that as well. But but honestly, man, uh, when you're looking at all all four of these guys side by side, it's hard to find someone that throws a prettier ball than C.J. Stroud. Well, and that's exactly why I think that Frank Reich, uh, you know, made the decision to jump up uh, personally. But, you know, who knows why he went up there? Um, But that is going to be that's what everybody was. They were watering at the mouth watching him, you know, is every throw just seemed like it didn't even really take anything out of him. He didn't really seem like he was even trying. Like we said at the combine, his feet planted. They moved at once. His whole body was in unison with the rest of it. Not one thing was off. It was honestly really difficult to put any, any you know, bad negative notes next to his name when he was, you know, in, in the in the draft guide or uh, excuse me, in the combine guide. So, yeah, I mean, I can definitely see why pretty much anybody that needs a quarterback in this draft would would love to have that kind of ball placement. 
Absolutely. Uh, and I, I like this. I, we know Chad's a huge fan of CJ Stroud. Stroud is the best quarterback in the draft. His mental is decent. His arm is dope. Accuracy, great. And he's tall. Bryce Young is just as good, just a little short. Uh, and then I also saw DSG Goodbar. Good to see you. Uh, CJ Stroud will be great for us, but he's going first overall. That's where a lot of people have CJ Stroud pegged right now is, is number one overall to the Carolina Panthers uh, with Frank Reich. And, and we saw at the pro day uh the, the carolina panthers uh coaching staff and, and front office uh just all over cj stroud uh loving what he did uh on that afternoon so uh, and that's kind of where i thought he has he's probably going to go but then again if he does slip there could be a chance uh, where the colts do uh have an opportunity to get cj stroud um and then and then here's another thing that that i think is is one of the pros of cj stroud it's just just the type of person that he is and you're going to hear this from us really with a lot of the with if not all of these quarterbacks because it's really hard to find any of the top four or five quarterbacks that there are any concerns with their character. Stroud, Young, Richardson, Levis, Hendon Hooker, all these guys are great kids, great human beings that are, have been great in the locker room, have the support of their teammates, and, and guys that would go to war with them uh, in each one of those individual locker rooms for their schools. Well, and that's that's just uh, over the top of all of the athletic things that he does, you know, with, with his passing and his mechanics and everything. There's team nobody wants to have the kind of locker room the Colts had last season. OK, they just don't, you know, and they don't want the quarterback instability and they want to be able to look at the quarterback more times than not and say, what do we do? And that quarterback has an answer. And it's one guy, you know, so. I think that Stroud's also going to bring that in, too. He's going to bring in stability in a locker room. And right out of the gate, he's going to, with respect from the rest of the guys in the locker room, I think he'll earn it pretty quick. And they'll start looking to him as the leader. So I wouldn't be surprised if you see a, you know, a captain um, on his chest or at least in his sophomore year. Yeah, and he was a captain uh, that final year at Ohio State, really took over that locker room. Logan Schmidt says, Frank should do us a favor and let us know who he's taken for old time's sake. Uh, that, that I mean, that would be very generous of, of Frank Reich, but I, I don't think that might, that's one's going to happen. Uh, and if you guys, we do have the super chat uh, option available. If you guys want to have your question answered right away uh, and you feel so imp uh, so uh, uh, implied or 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 so generous uh to, to donate to the channel go ahead and hit that super chat button we'll make sure to give you a shout out and and get you up there right away uh but yeah i mean as cj stroud you you've you've really and this is kind of something that I really look for with these quarterbacks because your, your quarterback is expected to be your leader and, and the guy that is going to uh, to be in that role for your offense. So you don't necessarily have to be a rah-rah guy at the quarterback position. There are different ways to lead, but you do want to see that quarterback really take control of the offense throughout college, really take control of that locker room uh, in, in different ways. You, you, it can be in different ways, I should say. And, and when you look at C.J. Stroud, he's not necessarily a guy that, that's going to scream a lot, get in your face anything like that very calm demeanor but but you can just tell he, he he leads by example all those guys follow him uh the things that, that you've heard all of his other teammates have have said throughout this draft process I mean, it really leaves no uh no questions uh, about the type of leader that cj stroud is and, and i think that's going to transition very well into an nfl locker room 
Well, you know, a perfect example of just stoic, quiet leadership is Aaron Rodgers. You know, I usually don't see Aaron Rodgers over there losing his mind, yelling or anything. You know, you'd see that from a guy like Philip Rivers. You'd see a lot of emotion, a lot of raw, just, you know, emotion, pure, just outright, not ashamed to hide it type stuff. I think Stroud is going to be a, like I have it here in my notes, a stoic leader. He's just going to be very calm. You're going to know exactly what he's talking about from a look. He's going to have that mm -hmm. kind of trust, I think, especially in his receivers. Um, so again, whoever he goes to, they are going to be benefiting from so much more than just a great passer, a guy who's also willing to get better at passing in any areas he needs to. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm going to highlight this, this comment by Chad, and I want to preface this by saying in a, in a later comment, he didn't, even though it's in all caps, he was not yelling. He did say he's not yelling. <laughs> um, see right here. Sorry, I wasn't yelling, but this is the comment I actually wanted to, to focus in on. We can all argue each quarterback, but ultimately it all depends on coaching. Top prospect is a bus under the wrong system. And, mm. and that, that leads into, into a point that, that I want you to elaborate on. Drake, because we this is something that that you had brought up in our notes, is is Shane Steichen with with C.J. Stroud and and how that could be a possible pro. And I feel like we're uh, would as we go through these, we're gonna have Shane Steichen's involvement in all these as a pro. Uh, but how do you think Shane Steichen uh, and this and this Colts offensive? these Colts offensive coaches would be able to, to use Stroud and, and some of the things that, that Stroud does well to implement that into, into this new Colts offense we're about to see. Well, Shane Steyer can put a heavy emphasis on accuracy. Okay. Like mm -hmm. he loves himself some accuracy. So check that box. You can't tell me Cam Turner would not love to have CJ Stroud. You know, he's the new quarterbacks coach. He got, had guys like Murray had guys like Newton. That'd be the best passer probably that he outright had right out of the gate. I think he probably has better mechanics than both those guys throwing. So maybe it's an easier transition for Cam Turner too, and he can hit the ground running with Stroud quicker than he did with Murray or, or Newton. I know you don't have the freakish athleticism or speed, but you've got what's more important still, and even in the new NFL, is accurate passing. So I, I think that also with that downfield offense he wants to run, you incorporate a lot of nice uh, running elements with that three-headed attack that he's going to have. I mean – you could get some real big plays with C.J. Stroud and guys like Alec Pierce. And I really think, lastly, him and McKenzie, him and Isaiah McKenzie, boy, that could be a serious threat. We're talking like, I think, pushing 60, 70 catches for McKenzie potentially. Right. Because I, I, Stroud's, Stroud's a type of guy, too, where he can just get the ball out so quickly, you know, quickly on target, get it to the guys in space and, and literally let them go to work. I think that's what we're going to see CJ Stroud do do at his best to start his career is is trying to get that ball out quickly and accurately to those guys uh, in space because that's a lot of the stuff that he did at Ohio State because of how athletic and good those wide receivers were. CJ Stroud did need to be accurate and make very good decisions with the football, and I think we've seen that because I mean you don't see too many turnover worthy plays uh, by CJ Stroud when you turn on the film. He did a very good job with his decision-making process, but again, CJ Stroud, while he has a he has a good arm, I wouldn't say it's it's going to be one of the strongest in the NFL. He has the arm strength that to, that to that can make every single throw out there, but I don't think you're going to necessarily see him in in an air raid type offense per se. It'd be I I, I think that. I think that you'd still see the vertical element, of course. But like you said, mm -hmm. Shane Steichen, he wants to he wants to 
mold the offense around the quarterback. And he's done Mm -hmm. this and he's had clear freaking success, great success. So he's going to do that. I do think that he'll still want to throw the ball downfield, but I agree with you. I I think you'll, you'd see more precision throws, maybe those short, shorter throws to allow, you know, yak uh, yards after the catch and stuff like that. So that's interesting though. I think that with Stroud, you would see more precision, quick, you know, boom throws like one read boom. Mm-hmm. And then here's a comment by uh, by Unboxing Mania, and I wanted to save till till this point when we're going to start talking about the cons of, of C.J. Stroud. Uh, and it, it asks, are you guys nervous of Stroud's mobility? Mm. Uh, that's definitely one of the biggest concerns about C.J. Stroud is we didn't see uh, him necessarily take off all that often or use his legs really to extend plays and a lot of times we saw when the play wasn't in structure cj stroud's accuracy dipped quite a bit and and it, it just thought that's the offense wasn't kept on sync so so drake i'm gonna ask you are are you nervous about stroud's lack of mobility or or what it was or at least what he showed uh, that he didn't do it necessarily maybe enough in in college you know, it's it's such an it's like a it's like really hard to be on one side of the fence with this because on one end you're thinking, as especially if you're a Colts fan, anything's more mobile than Matt Ryan and Nick Foles. So you're thinking CJ Stroud's the guy, you know, he can run. But um, in reality, I don't think that he ran enough in college. There really wasn't a lot of plays where he needed to. Um, so I do think that he showed when he had to run, though. He could make those plays with his legs. He really could. Now, now the big question is, can he make that at NFL speed? You look at guys like Levis, check. He's going to be fine with, with NFL speed. You got guys like Richardson, duh. You know, <laughs> Bryce Young Bryce Young is probably also going to be fine because he's going to need to work like Kyler Murray and avoid hits rather than taking him. So he's going to have mobility. That That's the biggest question mark for C.J. Stroud. The other guys, you're like, nah. Even Hendon Hooker, you're like, he'll be fine. But I think that the big question is, will he move that quickly at NFL speed? Will it be able to at least get him away from pressure, kind of like Joe Burrow does, you know, with a little bit of nice, savvy footwork? I would go on the side of I think that he'll be fine. I do think that he's more athletic than people give him. I'm just having to take a side here. And I do think that it would be something that if it's, you know, what I'm thinking it is, it could help the Colts a little bit because he'd be, again, more mobile than both of the pocket passers they had last year. Yeah. And, and I, there's an old, old, uh, saying that that scouts use i've heard daniel jeremiah say this quite often that um if if a guy shows you that that if a guy shows you that he can do it once on film uh he can do it and and i think that kind of goes hand in hand with with what my opinion of this is am i Am I concerned or nervous with with CJ Stroud's mobility? No, I think I think it'll be just fine as far as him being able to do things with his legs, uh, being able to to escape or or to um, to be able to 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 really some extend plays. What makes me maybe uh, just a little bit nervous, just a little bit nervous, is how consistent can he be at doing that? Uh, as as we our professional scout here, uh, Logan Schmidt said he's mobile enough, um, and and Chad says uh, he was mobile in that Georgia game, and that that's kind of what I'm talking about against the best defense in college football last year on the biggest stage, uh, the college football playoff. C.J. Stroud had arguably his best the best game of his career. Uh, he was 
being able to evade the rush, uh, keep keep his eyes down the field uh, while being able to run out of a messy pocket and deliver accurate balls to his receivers down the field and, and for touchdowns. He made some of the best players in college football last year in that Georgia game. Um, and again, like you mentioned, the speed of the NFL is going to be better. There's going to be better athletes. But when you're looking at a, at the closest one-to-one comparison, from an NFL defense to a college defense, last year it was probably Georgia, and I would I would say hands down because they were the best defense in college football. So it's it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see if he can do that consistently. Now he's probably not the type of quarterback that you want to consistently you want to try to move the pocket for and, and things like that because that's really just not his game. But at the same time, when when things when when the play breaks down, can he do it consistently? And and yes, we can talk about yes, we saw it on film. But I think until he proves it in the NFL, and all these guys have stuff that they need to prove at the next level. But until he proves it consistently, there's still a lot of people out there are going to raise that same question. Well, and you know, I just to throw this out there, I looked at his college stats now in 2020. He had one attempt for 48 yards and a touchdown. Obviously, that 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 was that was a huge highlight. Um, but then it was 32. It's interesting. It goes 32 carries in 2021 for negative 20 yards, and then last year, 47 carries for 108 with only one touchdown. So it's like they they probably they didn't even use him with sneaks, um, you know, at the goal line or anything like that. So I mean, he's pretty raw when it comes to having to show his legs and if it's you know enough. So. That, that that is that might be that regardless of where he goes, it's going to be very interesting to see when he's pressed to have to use that against an NFL caliber defensive end that's running at him from his blind side if he can actually get away. Yeah, and and then kind of compounding off of that, maybe not the, not the lack of mobility is the biggest question mark for Stroud. Possibly the biggest question mark is how he can handle pressure because, yeah. I mean, the muddy pockets in the NFL, you're, you're not going to have those clean pockets that you had at, at Ohio State uh, for, for most of your time there. You're going to have muddy pockets and you're going to have pressure all around you. Now he showed he could handle it against Georgia. And again, I think it comes comes back to this, the, the consistency. Can he do it consistently at the NFL level? Because historically, when you're looking at his games throughout Ohio State, throughout his two years as the starter there at Ohio State, when 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 he got pressure right up in his face and, and pressure came on, he didn't do his best. I mean, the accuracy dropped, the completion percentage dropped. When you look at it on film, he did a lot of weird things where he would try to spin out of things. And especially moving to his left, he wasn't able to complete a lot of passes. So that, that's going to be something that, that he's going to really have to overcome and prove is that can he can he really step up when there's pressure in his face and 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 the, and it's not just a clean pocket for him to operate in? He's going to have to be able to operate out of structure. Well, and that's that's where you would hope that um, an entire offense. Uh, or excuse me, an entire offensive staff like Steichen, who's a molder of quarterbacks, and then Cam Turner has dealt with some very raw talent. And then you've got Jim Bob Cooter, who helped Trevor Lawrence ascend to a new level of you know success. So you've got three guys that are really... I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Equipped, I think, with experience and success and proven you know, results to mold a guy who might struggle with a little bit of pressure. He might struggle with a little bit of rolling out to that left side, that weak side, um, if you will. And it's like, hey, you know, that's where you would just hope that they that that group of coaches could mold a guy like Stroud and, and just kind of drop that struggle that he's had with pressure. Right. And I, and I think I think this is where quick passes comes into it is is yep. you don't necessarily want CJ Stroud taking seven and seven step drops and, and waiting for and having long developing plays, because when you have those longer developing plays, you are you aren't necessarily going to uh be afforded the, the the clean pockets in the NFL that you're going to be afforded in in college. You're gonna if you want those clean pockets, you're gonna need a quick 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 passing offense like a West Coast style offense where you're you're more getting trying to get the ball out quickly to your receivers in space and kind of letting your receivers go to it now. And that's not to say that CJ Stroud can't hit the deep ball. I'm not saying that because seeing him live in person he's got again one of the prettiest deep balls in this class as well uh i'll i'll die on that hill but as far as if you were if you're really concerned about his ability to handle pressure you're gonna have to keep him clean and and that starts with getting the ball out quickly scheming up ways to to really get it into the receiver's hands in space and and let them go to work and then when that pressure backs off a little bit that's when you can take some of the shots or get some play action involved to try to neutralize that that pass rush in a sense. There's a lot of different things that you can do to, again, accentuate C.J. Stroud's strengths and put him in the best position to succeed. It's not going to be, uh, uh, it's not something that that is going to have to be forced because C.J. Stroud can do a lot of different things well. And since since we are a Colts podcast here, we're talking about Shane Steichen. Shane Steichen always says, I mean, you you take the offense and you you tailor it to your quarterback strengths and to your personnel strengths. So if that's something if the Colts did draft CJ Stroud, that's something that I could see early happening as well when you're trying to get your young quarterback into a rhythm and and hey quick passing game also helps out the offensive line did not have to hold up as much either and we all know that this Colts offensive line is is in the process of 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 trying to get their confidence back and trying to get back into or trying to reach the potential that we've that we saw just a a couple short years ago well, and you would think that even with, like, let's remove the rookie quarterback conversation, Steichen's probably going to come in and at first get the run game going, allow play action, and get the ball out quickly just so that the offensive line can perhaps get a couple games in where they have continuity. They maybe don't allow all the all the freakish amount of pressures and sacks. Now factor in a rookie quarterback, and you, couldn't, you can't help but think that Steichen would at least try to ease ease this guy in and not say hey it's time for vertical explosive throws all day every day like we did with the philadelphia eagles last year i think they led the nfl in deep throws so it's like that's probably not going to be what you're going to see but needless to say though you do have guys like Pittman who can pretty much i think he's shown he can be the the do-it-all receiver um he can be the up you know down the field guy the short yards guy possession guy he just struggled with drops but then you got pierce who's the downfield threat um, but that's why I think Isaiah McKenzie, Andrew, I think he's going to have a good year because regardless of who's taking 
especially if it's Stroud somehow, you're going to see him get a lot of quick throws out of the pocket. Yeah, and we, I mean, we, we talked to Isaiah McKenzie. He's really excited to get to work and be put in a position to help this, this Colts offense in any way that he can, whether it is quick throws, whether it is a deep threat, whether uh, it, it, it's on end arounds, jet sweeps. Isaiah McKenzie is ready to go out there and do it all. And that's why he, I think he's going to be, like you said, he's going to be such a versatile weapon for Shane Steichen in this Colts offense. I'm excited to see what he's going to be able to do. And then th- this one is is one that I hadn't really thought of. Well, I guess I had thought thought about it a little bit uh but but it's something that 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 it's an interesting point that you brought up drake is is and, and I, I like addressing this because I see a lot of people on Twitter ask the same question is is talking about uh Ohio State quarterbacks and and their transition to to the NFL I know a lot of people out there uh, are think that just because you're a quarterback you went to Ohio State you're not gonna do as as well in the NFL with the history I I'm not a subscriber to that uh, to that fact because you could apply that to literally every single quarterback pretty much throughout history and it's going to be the same thing because there's not a necessarily a quarterback factory like you say oh this school like Ohio State produces the best wide receivers or or this this school produces the best cornerbacks year after year I mean there wasn't any good quarterbacks at, at tennis that came out of Tennessee until Peyton Manning. I mean, name a name a really good quarterback out of Michigan until Tom Brady. Uh, what about Texas Tech and Patrick Mahomes? It's it's all different. You you can't really correlate the two. So, uh, but I think that's that's something that a lot of maybe more fans ask is is how is will CJ Stroud kind of fall into that same bucket of really good Ohio State quarterbacks that seem to flame out once they get to the pros, or or is he going to be able to overcome that? What do you think? See, I think that he's actually the most polished passer that I've ever seen come from from OSU. I really do. I, I just I feel like he makes everything look so smooth. Every throw is just so effortless. It's just so eh, whatever. You know, next throw. He's just so calm, so collected. I'm not saying that there haven't been other incredible talents from OSU, um, but you know, you've got one guy like the last the last big name was Justin Fields, and he can run like a gazelle but he struggles with those passes in the NFL with, with some accuracy. Then you got a guy like Stroud who comes from the same school, by the way, and he isn't a runner and he's a pocket passer who is a ball placement specialist that needs to work on his mobility. So it's like, it's, you're absolutely right. It's never this. It's, it's very hard to apply that to CJ Stroud, but I'm telling you, I really believe that he is the most polished passer I've seen come from OSU. Stats makes a great point that most college quarterbacks have the adjustment of play calling in the huddle because in college they don't have headsets in their helmets. Ooh, that's uh, that's a, good a good point, point too. It, it's yeah. a good point too. That things are just done differently in college. There's an adjustment for uh, for for everything. And stats, Matt, with the breaking news here that it was just announced that Will Levis will have his workout uh, Thursday with Indianapolis in Lexington. Um, the Colts have been out in California today uh, working out with CJ Stroud and Bryce Young uh, because, and again, this is this is the way that, that the Colts are really wanting to do this. I mean, you talk about, oh, the big guys are at the pro days and, and everything. Chris Ballard hardly ever goes on pro days. Shane Steichen obviously didn't think it was important enough to go on pro days. The, uh, they send their scouts for the pro days, and and where they really glean the most information isn't at the pro days when they're fighting with other scouts. It's when they get their private workouts with these guys, with where it's just one on one, 
with C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson, Will Levis, they're Hendon Hooker. They're meeting with all five of these guys and holding private top 30 visits with all five of these guys. That's where they're going to get the most information, sitting down all day with that quarterback, learning about him as a person, seeing how he operates, everything like that. And then that's how they'll, they'll get their board. So this is the – if you want to talk about – the importance of the Colts being at pro days. Yes, there are so, there is some significance of who they send, but the meat of what they're going to find out about these quarterbacks is at these uh, these private workouts. So that's 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 going to be something to watch over the next couple of weeks as the Colts finalize their draft board. But but Drake, we've gone through the pros, we've gone through the cons. So let's answer the big question, and I want everyone in the chat to to answer it as well. Will C.J. Stroud? be an Indianapolis Colt? Well, first of all, do we think he will be an Indianapolis Colt? And then secondly, we're going to say if he is available at at number four, we'll just say number four, we're not going to talk about trade-ups. If he is available there at number four, do the Colts take him? Um, No, uh, not at all. I think he's going to be gone. I think, <laughs> uh, I, I think Frank Reich I think Frank Reich looking like a dad, you know, uh, just just taping, taping the the, the Sunny Loves, uh, throwing the old football in the backyard with his phone, you know, looking like a dad out there. I think that I think Carolina has has wrapped it up. I think they're definitely going to get C.J. Stroud now. He's also made some comments that he really liked Anthony Richardson. Okay, so let's say that out of nowhere, boom, Anthony Richardson's a Carolina Panther. Okay, I think something like that, or if they took Young, I, I don't think they take Levis. I think that it's either going to be a huge like wild card on Richardson or they're going to go get young. And I definitely think that if he's available, the Colts would be, even though I'm a Richardson guy, it's like, I think Steichen won't be able to resist that kind of accuracy. I think he would, I think they would take him. Yeah. I just, and, and look, going through the chat here, um, it's, it's, it's pretty comments. much no, all the, all the comments it's, it's no, Jeez. he will not be there. And and I would agree. This is kind of what I've been, what I've been hearing, what I've been saying since the Panthers made that trade uh, way back after the, after the combine was over that Frank Reich loves CJ Stroud. Uh, there might be some other people in that building uh, that, that like Bryce Young a little bit more, might like Anthony Richardson a little bit more. But at the end of the day, uh, the, the Carolina Panthers, I mean, you could, whether it was spoke screen or not, uh, some of that you can't, you can't fake. And the, the Carolina Panthers really love C.J. Stroud. I fully expect C.J. Stroud to be the number one pick in the NFL draft at the end of this month to go to the Carolina Panthers. Uh, however, if 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 we see we see pigs flying and hey there was tornadoes in Indiana one that actually went right behind my backyard uh, on Friday night so that was that was pretty wild so if something like that happens again we see pigs fly and, and C.J. Stroud isn't taken uh, before the Colts pick at four uh, Chris Bauer should run up the card uh, I fully believe that. Uh, CJ Stroud is uh, my quarterback one in this class. Um, he has been throughout throughout this process. I put this out on Twitter, but I, but I'll, I'll kind of give my comps right now. High end, and I think if 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 CJ Stroud reaches his absolute ceiling, he's going to look like prime Texans Deshaun Watson. Now, I'm not talking about the person that Deshaun Watson is. I'm talking about strictly what he did on the field. There, great player. In he was incredib incredibly accurate, uh, a, a leader in the locker room, um, a guy that 
continuously shows up, makes plays with his legs. Uh, however, if if he doesn't, the absolute low comp for me is for CJ Stroud to a tongue of by low with a stronger arm, uh, not as mobile. Um, just doesn't doesn't operate well out of structure. Uh, but even if he hits the middle of what he's capable of, and I, I think for his middle comp. For me, Dak Prescott. He's a guy that that he's probably not going to be able to carry a franchise around him. He's going to need some higher end guys, need some help. But you're going to have a quarterback that you can depend on, a guy that's going to be accurate. He's going to be able to get it to uh, his receivers, and he's going to be able to lead a high powered offense. Uh, and I think he could be because I would consider Dak Prescott probably around the 10 to 12 best quarterback in the NFL. I think with C.J. Stroud, if if he even hits that middle ground, it's probably what you're going to have someone that's around the 10th to 12th best quarterback year in and year out so it's it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see uh like i said as of right now uh you if, if the colts did have the opportunity for me run up the card uh for cj stroud uh but i fully expect him to go number one to the carolina panthers so um let's let's look at some of some of the comments here Stats Matt says if he's at four, yes, take him. No chance he is there. Chad says if he's available, yes, we take him. Marvin Fox also said no brainer if he is there. Um, let's see here. Uh, I wanted to highlight a couple more. Um, Saul asks, uh, what about Anthony Richardson with the Colts? Well, next Monday is when we're going to be doing the deep dive into Anthony Richardson. So we will dive uh, through all of that at that time. DSG Goodbar says Stroud comp for me is Joe hmm. Burrow. That's an okay. interesting one because uh, I did think about uh, Burrow a little bit. Stats Matt says low end is Jared Goff. Definitely have seen that a lot, and that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I would I would really agree there um unboxing mania says i've already heard some comps of Tannehill. for me that would be about the middle ground for will levis is is ryan Tannehill. Uh, and then quitten asks, who's going to be on thursday bryce young bryce young we will be covering bryce young on thursday everyone so you make sure you check that one out but but before we get out of here we've got a couple more things we want to talk about here because hey guys we thought the weekend was going to be nice and chill. There wasn't going to be anything to talk about. And then the Colts on Friday afternoon said, hey, let's make a couple of signings. Let's make a couple free agent splashes here. Or I don't know if really they can be called splashes, but but hey, they, they, they weren't just sitting there twiddling their thumbs. They actually added some people uh, to the roster. So uh, Monday afternoon, uh, the first one that happened was that the, the Colts signed uh, former Titans and Bears running back Darrington Evans. Uh, he He's a guy that's been in the league for three years at Appalachian State. Um, had a lot of had a lot of hype around it was a third round pick of the Titans but he really just hasn't been able to find a role He's had some injury luck or some bad injury luck over the past couple of seasons um and again just really hasn't been able to find a steady role so Drake I'm going to ask you do you think Evans is going to find that role here in Indianapolis or or what do you think we can expect out of him well I see I think that the the Colts are probably going to take a day 3 running back maybe like a scat back type receiving back elusive guy um maybe I mean, maybe Evans can make the roster, but I think if he's going to make a, an impact, it could potentially be on special teams. And I do say that because he's got special teams experience returning. Um, maybe he could get that third down back position from a rookie or Deion Jackson. I don't know, though. I think if he's going to make an impact and really stick out, it'd have to be on special teams because that, that running back room after the draft could be a little more crowded. 
It very well could. And, and, or this could just mean that, Hey, maybe the Colts aren't targeting a running back in the draft uh, could, could also, but again, they, as we've seen over, over the years, they don't need to draft a running back to add one to the roster. The Colts love to add uh, undrafted free agents uh, at the running back position, but, but no, I think he can, I think he'll compete with Deion Jackson. I think as of right now, you can't really expect him to do anything more than that uh, because those top two, Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss pretty much have those locked up, but we'll see if he can be a, a receiving option uh, with the Colts down the line. And then the Colts made another signing after Darrington Evans. It was tight end former uh, Texans and Cleveland Browns tight end Pharaoh Brown. Now, Pharaoh Brown is a guy that he's been in the league. Uh, I think he's has five seasons, only has 51 catches um, for, for uh, 400 some yards uh, and, and, and two or three touchdowns. If I remember correctly, I don't have it right in front of me, uh, but where Pharaoh Brown really stands out the running game. He is an exceptional blocker has been a blocking tight end for most of the seat for most of his career. Drake, what do you think of this move? So, I mean, it, you know, on paper, it's just, it, you kind of like say, okay, they had another tight end. But like you said, this is a huge addition because they lacked blocking that tight end. And you didn't really find out if Jelani Woods could block because he wasn't on the field enough to, to really show you. Um, and Kylan Granson's more of the runner. You know, he's more of like the slot type of tight end. So you're, you're looking at a healthy Andrew Ogletree. You're looking at now Pharaoh Brown, who has a lot of, he has more NFL experience than it seems. Been in the league since 2017. So he's been there, done that. Uh, he's he's also huge, so he could be a, a big red zone target already there with another freak athlete in Woods and Ogletree. I mean, you've got some serious towers at tight end now, um, but I think it also uh, it's very significant because Mo Ali Cox, it seems like they might be kind of saying, hey, we we had Ryan Kelly and Mo Ali Cox, you know, open. We were telling teams, hey, what are your offers? They they took Kelly and said, hey, you're ours, but they kind of left Cox out there. It didn't say anything about him, which for me, I was waiting for them to like either pick a guy in the draft or sign someone. And as soon as they signed Farrell Brown, I was like, man, that's got to be it for Mo Alley. Right. And yeah, that's, that's kind of when we saw, as soon as we saw this signing, uh, I had messaged you and I think I said this, this very well could be the end of Mo Ali Cox in a Colts uniform. And I even wrote about it today. So if you haven't seen that already, go ahead and go to a uh, horseshoe and check that out. Cause I go in depth on, on everything that the Colts are wanting to do at the tight end position and, and financially everything like that. Uh, but with Farrell Brown in, in play, I mean, number one, it definitely helps that running game where something that was desperately in need of, of some help at the tight end position. Cause when you lose a guy like Jack Doyle, who is one of the best blocking tight ends in the league, uh, I mean, it really hurt the Colts last year and Mo Alley Cox coming in, he had his worst year his worst blocking grades of his career according to pro football focus just was not able to to really seal those holes seal off those those blocks that Jack Doyle could so easily that would spring Jonathan Taylor for a huge game. The Colts love Jelani Woods. They want to get him on the field as much as possible. I think Jelani Woods could use, could even play a little bit in line sometimes, not necessarily always being in the slot or out as a wide receiver. But Jelani Woods showed you that he has Pro Bowl level potential at tight end. And, and when you have a player like that, you want to be able to get him on the field as much as possible and, and utilize that six foot seven, 261 pound frame that can run a four, six, one forty and run over everybody uh, on the other side of the football. Uh, Kylan Granson as a receiver, 
could use some more snaps. Like you talked about, Drew Ogletree will be coming off of that uh, ACL tear, and he was a guy that was making plays literally every single day in training camp. The Colts are really high on him. They they've already they've already said, hey, Ryan Kelly will be back. But anytime you hear Chris Baller, Shane Steichen talk about the tight end group or talk about the pieces on offense, Mo Ali Cox is never mentioned. He he just isn't. And so I would think that that Mo Ali Cox would either the, the Colts can save money if if they if they cut bait with Mo Ali Cox. They're probably going to wait till after the draft if there is a move try to capitalize on a team that maybe didn't exactly get one of the tight end prospects in this loaded tight end draft class. Uh, and, and if that's the case, you move on from Mo Alley Cox, you, you bet on your young tight ends and, and you see what that group can do. So, uh, but it, it really does seem like Mo Alley Cox's days as an Indianapolis Colt are numbered there but that's our show for tonight guys appreciate everyone for joining in talking cj stroud with us it was a lot of fun like i said on thursday we're going to be doing the same exact thing with bryce young and we're covering all five of the top quarterbacks in this draft class before the big day at the end of april shout out to uh, i saw Wyatt Wyatt law joining us here um signed another tight end later on uh on the colts practice squad and jalen watermeyer uh watermeyer is more of a project uh, i think he can stay he can stay on the practice squad, but we'll see what he can do. Um, but shout out to CMDSR, uh, Soul, uh, Unboxing Mania, Stats Matt, uh, Quentin, um, Basil Faulty 241. I got your name right this time. Uh, Truett, uh, Sky, uh, Joshua Cook. Uh, I think I already mentioned Quentin, but Quentin again. Um, Logan Schmidt. Uh, Marvin Fox, uh, Chad, all of you guys, thank you so much uh, for joining in on our show. You guys are what make it so much fun, and we really do appreciate all of your support. If you haven't done so already, please, we really appreciate it if you go give us a follow on all the things. Go ahead, like Horseshoe Huddle on Facebook. Follow at Colts on FN on Twitter. Subscribe to that YouTube channel and hit that bell so you know whenever Drake and I are going live. Destin Shot have an episode coming out on Wednesday that you're not going to want to miss. Uh, it's a busy time here at Horseshoe Huddle, and and Drake has been Drake is in the middle of a move. This man is grinding still, still writing away. So Drake, tell the people what they can find on HorseshoeHuddle.com uh, that you've got posted. So it just came out uh, today. I, I was interested that Morocco Brown, the uh, I believe he's the director of collegiate scouting for the Indianapolis Colts, was only at Anthony Richardson's pro day. And so I'm, I'm go read that piece because it's always interesting wherever Morocco Brown goes. It seems that those guys get picked. Um, but the, the one that's going to be coming out of the top three needs for the Indianapolis Colts based off of a PFF piece. Awesome. Yeah. Morocco Brown, the third in command with the Colts as the chief personnel executive. You you want to he whatever he goes, you want to pay attention. So and I already mentioned go to horseshoehuddle.com to look at my piece on why Mo Alley Cox is a prime trade candidate. I dive into uh, everything I just said with more detail. Um, and there's some extra things in there that you'll want to read up on. And then my my next mock draft was supposed to drop on Monday. It's actually going to drop on Friday. So after our Thursday episode, that next morning be sure to check out my newest mock draft uh it's going to be a fun one uh, i think people will really really like it so uh if you haven't done so already of course we got i'm going to shout out my guy drake here go ahead and go follow drake at d wallster drake on twitter you can follow me at andrew moore nfl and we will be back like i said thursday night to talk bryce young and dive into the pros and cons of the alabama quarterback but until then have a good one